says there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diverse differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Did you notice the Trinity working there? The diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. The differences of ministries, but the same Lord. The diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Father in heaven, I just ask right now, as we look at the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that we would realize right now that they are not our gifts and they're not at our disposal. We are at your disposal, O God and Holy Spirit, they're your gifts. And you will use us, operate through us with them as you will for the profit of all. Father God, I thank you that it's not about our profit. It's about your prophet, and your prophet is always for all. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this message. We invite you into this exhortation, really. Use us. Use us. And, Father, give the bride, the body of Christ on the earth right now in this hour the courage to step out in faith, to be used in your gifts. In Jesus' mighty matchless name we pray, and we all say amen and amen, and amen. We know two things about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We know from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, that we're not to be ignorant of them. And we know from 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, that we're to desire them. Two things we know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that God doesn't want us ignorant. He doesn't want us without knowledge concerning them, and that he wants us to desire them. And I'm encouraging you, be knowledgeable about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I'm encouraging you, desire them. Desire them, desire them, desire them, so that God can use you in them. And so, I'm again going to offer a plug for Pastor Lee Cummings' book that's coming out. Last conversation I had with him, he told me it was coming out in April. But you can pre-order it. It's called The School of the Spirit. And it is the best book that I know of that I've read. And I'm not just saying that because he's a close friend, but it's one of the best books on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit that I have read in a long, long time. And I don't know if I can remember reading a book as good as it on the topic. And I'm encouraging you to get it. Many of the definitions that I'm going to use are from the book because they're just that good and that solid. And so uh, I might say when their pastor... Lee's, um, Pastor Lee's uh, definitions, or I might not. I might just take credit for him. Pastor Lee, you're going to have to just deal with that. Um, so um, again, Pastor Lee's book, Pastor Lee Cummings' book, The School of the Spirit. In his book, he places the nine gifts in three groups. Um, the revelatory gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment. The power gifts, faith, healing, and miracles and the utterance or vocal gifts, tongues, interpretations, and prophecy. And I think it's important that we think 
outside of the box regarding the gifts of the Holy Spirit because as Pastor Lee puts it in his book, we want straight lines and nice little boxes organized neatly, but most of the time the gifts work in conjunction with one another and often it's difficult to distinguish where one manifestation ends and the other begins. God works in a spectrum, as it were, where colors bleed or blend into one another and are not easily defined. And so let's look at the revelatory gifts which are deposits from the Holy Spirit of information that is not obtained by human intellect or the human mind, but by the mind of Christ. The word of wisdom is the ability not only to see, but also to apply the principles of God's word to the practical matters of life, but it comes by revelation, not by natural wisdom, understanding, or knowledge. We have many um, examples in Scripture of this, but it is a supernatural wisdom from God given to us in a moment. We see it in Acts chapter 15 with James and the Jerusalem Council. Um, I, I believe that this gift flows beautifully with the Spirit-filled, freshly baptized in the Holy Spirit believer more often than not. It is amazing how in times of just ministering one to another that the word of wisdom flows and supernatural wisdom is given and the dispenser or the mouthpiece knows that it was not wisdom that they had. They know that it was wisdom given, given them from God. The word of knowledge is the report or impartation of a specific piece of information that a person could not possibly have known naturally like Jesus in John chapter 4 with the woman at the well. It, it's, it's a specific piece of information, things that you could not know, things that typically have to do with the past or the present. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how many times I've, I've seen this in operation, uh, people being able to point out things like, you, you know, you've been struggling to sleep. There's a pain in your body. There's a, and many, many times this works very naturally with, with healing. And uh, the word of wisdom sparks healing very, very, very often. I can't encourage you enough to be used in the word of knowledge. The discerning of spirits is the ability to quickly perceive whether such things as people, events, or beliefs are from God or are demonic in origin. In a given environment, you're able to tell what spirit is at work, like Acts, Acts chapter 16, when Paul called out the slave girl, the spirit of divination, remember, and her owners got upset because their means of making money was now gone. I... I believe it's a shame that more often than not, these gifts never leave the four walls of the church. What a travesty that for years, Christians believe that the operation of these gifts are contained within the four walls of the church. But Jesus being our model, the bulk of his ministry took place outside of the synagogue and I believe so should ours. And if we're learning anything, with all that's going on right now, if we're learning anything, we're learning that ministry is not confined to the church and that much ministry is taking place outside of the church. 
What a great opportunity for you to be calling, for you to be texting, for you to be emailing, uh, for uh, Instagram, whatever you use, Twitter, whatever you use. What a great opportunity for you to be exhorting people with the gifts of the Holy Spirit right now. Do not let them be contained. If the church, the body of Christ is learning anything right now, they're finding, oh my goodness, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not contained within the four walls of the church. Oh my goodness, they're flowing beautifully outside of the four walls of the church. Why? So that men would see your good works and they'd glorify Father God in heaven. I believe there is going to be a spark, a revival of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I was exhorting one of our pastors last night on the phone to boldly step out in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We have nothing to lose church right now. And I have found this, I have found that when people are anxiety-ridden and they're, they're weighed down with concerns and worry, they are more open to hearing from God than ever before, than ever before. Step out, be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Please, 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 please. What change would come to our region if God's people would remain sensitive to the Holy Spirit as they walk out of church? What change would come? And I love the fact that we're living in a day and an age where social media is so prevalent. What an amazing opportunity to connect with so many. Let's not be bickering over whether we think the president is handling the coronavirus situation well. Let's be using the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that lives would be changed well. Amen? Amen. I hope you receive that. Get it. Grab it. Go after it. The power gifts. The power gifts are those charismata. Remember last week we talked about how the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that word gifts is charismata, and it's based in the same root word as grace. The charismata, um, the power gifts are those charismata in which God, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, releases a surge of power or dunamis into a situation in order to address the situation or a condition that is contrary to his will. I love that. The gift of faith is an impartation of divine faith and confidence in God's will for a specific need or situation, often, often accompanying a gift of, of revelation like Luke 8 with a woman with the issue of blood. I can give a personal uh, testimony. I probably could in all of these, but one that just jumps out in me when I was a youth pastor in Grand Haven. Uh, we had a young man that had just begun to attend and he had a heart condition. It was some kind of a, a murmur or, um, and, uh, and he had to be mindful, you know, of it. And one of my young people called up and said, Pastor John, I know that if we pray for Derek after the youth service tonight, that God would heal him. And I said, all right, man, I'm, I'm riding your faith and, uh, and we're going to pray for him. And sure enough, um, we prayed for Derek and God healed that heart condition. That was a gift of faith that was operating in that young man and who went on to be used in healing ministry wonderfully, Clint Harima. Um, it was a gift of faith that Clint was operating in. I sensed it and I said, I'm joining myself to your faith. Gift of faith just isn't the, the, uh, the normal faith that you would be given at salvation. It is a supernatural dose of faith in a moment. And many, many leaders operate in the gift of faith. In fact, Dr. Young Hee Cho said that the one gift that he has seen in operation of leaders of growing works is the gift of faith out of all the gifts that he's seen. Gifts of healings. 
um, include a variety of impartation. That's why it says healings, plural, through prayer and the laying on of hands in which the reversal of physical, emotional, and spiritual illnesses occurs, bringing about perfect health. In Acts chapter 5, God healed a variety of people from a variety of things. That's why it's called gifts of healings. Working of miracles is the God-given ability to demonstrate the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, confirming the superiority of the kingdom of God's reign over spiritual darkness and even natural law. Example, Matthew 13, 54, people were astonished at Jesus' mighty works. These explosive gifts, I believe, are the game changer. Nothing changes situations, circumstances, and hearts like these gifts. And I believe there are many in the body of Christ that the Lord loves to use in these gifts, loves to use us all in these gifts. And I can't encourage you enough to lay hands on the sick so that they would recover, like James chapter 5 tells us, like Mark chapter 16 tells us. We need to be praying for the sick, ministering to the sick. And I am mindful of the centurion who told Jesus that it's not necessary that you come into my home for I too am a man under authority. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. If Jesus didn't necessarily need to go to the centurion's home to heal his servant, then I believe Jesus that we don't necessarily need to be going to a home. We can be praying with people over the phone and I believe God will heal them. I believe God could be very well healing people right now as faith is rising up in your heart and you're reaching out, you're afflicted in your body and healing is coming. If you sense the Holy Spirit doing that, then I would lay hold of that. I would say that that healing is mine in Jesus' name. I want it, I receive it. I believe God is speaking that to me And so receive it right now by faith. God is healing. Receive your healing right now. We don't need to wait to the end of a sermon to receive healing. At any given time during this message, if you feel that God is beginning to minister to you healing, then receive it. And I believe healing can come a a few different ways. It's healings. I believe you can be healed emotionally. I believe you can be healed physically. I believe God can heal financially. I believe God can heal in a number of different ways. Whatever the healing is that you are in need of, as God quickens it, receive it, lay claim to it, verbalize it out loud, say that's mine. Nothing speaks of the power of God more than these gifts. It's an amazing thing to note here. Maybe you didn't know this. There's no Greek word for miracles. There's no Greek word for miracles. So you know what the Bible translators inspired by the Holy Spirit used, they used power, dunamis. It's the word they used. No real Greek word for miracles. The word there in the Greek is dunamis. It's power. It's power. I think the word miracles can almost get thrown around. But when you speak of the power of God, it's amazing. Paul from a prison cell wrote Philippians 3.10. He said that we might know him and the power of his resurrection. It's amazing that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, remember perilous times will come in the last days. It's been called the great unchurched. They'll be unloving, unforgiving. It says that there'll be those that, that, that are pious or outwardly religious but deny the power. Church right now 
is the day and the hour. We are not in denial of God's power. Right now is the day and the hour where we need to boldly step up. We need to be a mouthpiece for God. We need to minister to people with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right through those phones, right through those screens. Man, you can FaceTime. Your, your handheld phone can do amazing things, and you can be ministering to people. I am believing that even right now, God is sparking and bringing to your memory people that are in need of a touch from God. You know who they are, and you want to help them. Well, if you want to help them, don't you think God wants to help them even more? If you love them, don't you think that God loves them even more? What greater love could they experience than the very touch of God ministering to them right now? I'm encouraging you to be getting, getting a hold of people right now. Right now. The vocal gifts. The vocal gifts are speaking gifts and their purpose is to deliver a message to someone from God. These gifts are not based on human wisdom or understanding. The gift of tongues is a spiritual utterance given by the Holy Spirit to speak in a language not known or understood by the believer. The purpose is to give a message to other believers in order to build up or strengthen them on behalf of God the Father. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 13 and I just want to kind of clarify that there are two uses of, of tongues here. Again, just like faith, this is speaking of a supernatural impartation of tongues that would be used in public and would need to be interpreted, which is going to be one of the other gifts that we're looking at here. And so a public tongue, tongue given, God moving upon somebody's heart and they feeling um, prompted by the Holy Spirit to speak out loud in tongues, not out of a joyous expression, not out of an overflow in the Holy Spirit, but a gift of the Holy Spirit in operation. And then it would be interpreted by someone else or the Bible says that they should pray that they would interpret. The other Speaking in tongues would be that which you are given when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. And you can use your prayer language whenever you want. And because it's a language, it grows as you use it. The Bible says your mind's unfruitful. It's your spirit that prays. It says you give thanks well, that you're speaking wisdom. And it says when you speak in tongues, you are edifying yourself. But when you give a public tongue, a gift of the Holy Spirit, and it's interpreted, it's interpreted then the entire body is encouraged. You are edified personally when you speak in tongues, but, the, but a, a, a gift of, of speaking in tongues, the gift of the Holy Spirit speaking in tongues with its interpretation is, is exhorting the body. It's edifying the body. Hopefully, that may be offered a, a little bit of help. The gift of interpretation of tongues is the ability given by the Holy Spirit to understand and then speak forth the meaning of the words previously spoken in an unknown language that others may be edified. You see this 1 Corinthians 14, 40. Um, Paul, therefore, using this, confronted the confusion of people publicly speaking in tongues with no interpretation. And in our services, people will speak with tongues, but we're not encouraging people to loudly speak in tongues unless it's a gift prompted by the Holy Spirit so they can interpret and benefit everyone. Um, I think it just would create, like Paul was pointing out, 
a, a confusing situation if everybody just loudly began to, to speak in tongues. And it would also be diff- difficult to discern who might have a public tongue that needs to be given and interpreted. And so I, you know, pray in my prayer language. I speak in tongues. I was doing it um, as I was praying before the service today. Um, and it edifies me and it builds me up just like you would build a building up, praying in the Holy Spirit. Um, but I am not going to be really, really loud with it because it's for my own private edification. Um, if I was going to be loud with it, then I would believe that I was responding to the prompting of the Holy Spirit so that it would be interpreted. I don't believe that our prayer languages necessarily need to be heard by everybody. And I understand that, you know, it can come out in moments of praise and, and worship. Okay, I, I think we would all understand the context there. But for someone just to begin to praying, to begin to pray out loud in tongues or in their, you know, prayer language, it, it would seem a little bit unusual. And we would wonder why there wasn't an interpretation. I understand getting excited. I just think that our excitement should at least be able to be understood if we're going to benefit people. Hopefully you're hearing my heart as a pastor concerning, concerning that. The gift of prophecy is the ability to speak forth under the influence of the Holy Spirit, a message that brings edification, exhortation, and comfort from the heart of the Father to others. Prophecy is a now word from God. 1 Corinthians 14, 31, you may all prophesy that the body be encouraged. Prophecy is to the church what personal prayer language is to you. Prophecy is to the church what your personal prayer language is to you. Tongues with interpretation, I would say, is pretty close, and it's akin to to prophecy. Tongues with interpretation, I would say, is close and akin to prophecy. But please know that even though all may prophesy, not all are prophets, just because someone prophesies doesn't immediately mean you're a prophet. I think we throw that around way too easily and way too flippantly. And then people begin to think things about themselves and aren't necessarily true. And let me just briefly explain this so that there can be balance and so that the body can be healthy. A prophet is one of the fivefold offices that Jesus gave to equip the church in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Remember, I've talked about it many times. They're likened unto the fingers on the hand. The prophet is the finger pointer, and he points things out. He's a mouthpiece. He's an oracle for God. The evangelist is the middle finger. He's the evangelist who, uh, who stands out from among the rest. The pastor is the ring finger. He's the one married to the church. The teacher is the pinky, and he brings balance and the apostle is the thumb because he touches all of them. Let me say this. If someone is a prophet, they will be in full-time ministry somewhere because they are an office given by Jesus to the body of Christ. They're an equipper. And a lot of times we've just always thought that the prophet was someone who, who prophesies. No, 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 no. A prophet will be in full-time ministry somewhere equipping the body of Christ. They're not just somewhere, someone that's just given prophecies all the time. They're an equipper just like the other gifts, pastors and teachers and evangelists and, and apostles. They're, they, they, they're just not going to be living in some cave somewhere and pop out and prophesy for everybody. And so healthy, healthy fivefold ministry is, is their offices given by Jesus to the body to equip the body, not for their own personal use, um, they're, they're to be used by the body to equip the body for the work of the ministry. And so I believe where the fivefold ministries are not stepping up and equipping like they should, 
the body of Christ is not being prepared for ministry. Amen? Amen, amen. I hope you're hearing my heart. My heart is to see the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow and operate naturally and smoothly. I, I've been in ministry for 25 years. I've been saved for 37, it'll be 37 this December. I've seen some weird stuff, um, some real weird stuff. And I believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit should be void and should be absent of granola, fruits, flakes, and nuts. No granola. No granola, church. And I'm going to get into why here in a minute and hopefully bring some balance as to why there is some granola that exists and it might be able to help you. But if our goal is to reach and minister to others, then it should be naturally. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be weird. It's amazing what we think we can get away with here in church. You try to do that out there. You go ahead and you try to pull that off in the frozen food section at Walmart. Try to, try to do that. It won't fly. And if it doesn't fly out there, why do we think that it should fly in here? And I, I get it. People are growing in their graces and their gifts. Okay. All right, all right I'm good for that. But where are... The, the pastors with the guts and the courage to say, that's a little bit off, that's a, that's a little bit strong. Where, where are the pastors? Quit worrying about offending people and help grow them. We cannot worry about offending people. I am about as worried about offending people as, you know, I, I am really, you know, about, forgive me, the coronavirus. I believe there's a greater work that we need to be discerning right now that God's doing in the body that God wants to do. And man, if we go home, we go home to be with the Lord. I mean, wh- how, how much better could it be? But while we remain, I believe there's work for us to do. And that's what we need to be mindful of. We shouldn't be giving in all the fear and all the hype and everything that's going on. Not saying it isn't real. Not saying that lives aren't being lost. I'm not, I'm not discounting any of that. I'm just saying body of Christ rise up. There is a greater work for us to do right now. And we need to be about that. We need to be about our father's business. When Joseph and Mary were looking for Jesus, they found him in the temple and he said, didn't you know I would be about my father's business? We should be about our father's business. When Martha was preparing the meal, Mary was at Jesus' feet. And Martha said, Jesus, don't you think Mary should be helping me? And he said, Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen that good part, that better part, which will not be taken away from her. You're worried. You're distracted by many, many things. Do not be distracted by all that's going on. Be discerning. Be using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This is not a day or an hour for the body of Christ to be distracted, for the body of Christ to be arguing for the body of Christ to be dismantled because of all that's going on. This is the opportunity for us to be equipped, for us to put our armor on, for us to pick up our weaponry and to rush to the forefront and be used by Jesus. Amen. I hope you received that. That was a word for you today. Maybe it's why you turned in, tuned in today. I, I want to encourage you with 1 Corinthians 14, 32 in the New Living Translation. I so love this. I so love this. It says, remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and they can take turns. You're in control of your spirit when you're using the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Don't act like you're not. And when you act like you're out of control, I don't think that impresses anybody. I I, I don't think that that helps anybody. I don't think that people look at you acting like you are out of control and they think, man, I want that. I think it terrifies them. God would do that to somebody? 
God would, God would, God would really use somebody like that? I don't know if I like the way that that looked. You should very naturally and very smoothly be using the gifts of the Holy Spirit and quit acting like it is a once in an every 10 year occasion. Act like it is a natural occurrence in your life to be used in operation like that. Okay? Ah, it might not be popular, but I believe it's needed. I believe many times people make the mistake of confusing experiences that they've had with God with, int- with intimacy with God and use by God. Meaning this, that if God so touched you, delivered you, or healed you in an experience with him that you shook or you trembled, that doesn't mean that you have to shake or tremble to be used by him. Just because you've experienced God in a certain way doesn't mean that that is the way that you need to be used by God. Your experiences aren't the key to use by God. That was how God may have touched you. You know, maybe you, you wept and you just bawled your eyes out as he brought healing to your body. Awesome. I don't believe you need to weep or bawl your eyes out every time you're used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. People might look at that and think, you know what? Maybe you need to get it together a little bit right now. Um, come back to me when everything is cool. No, 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 no. I'm just good. And you act like you're, you're out of And I'm not saying it's not overwhelming and that the Holy Spirit cannot overwhelm us. Please find the balance in what I'm saying today and don't jump to any concussions. Um, so hear my heart today. Hear my heart. Hear my heart. Just because you've experienced God a certain way doesn't mean that the only way that God could possibly use you is for you to you know, experience that again, because if you don't have that same experience, then, you know, God might, you know, not be using you, and, and like, that is the determiner as to whether or not God wants to use you. I can remember years ago, when we started our church, um, I was, uh, I was the worship leader, I was the youth pastor, um, and uh, I was, ministering to our youth the only way I knew how and I was operating in gifts of the Holy Spirit and God was meeting our young people and it was powerful and I had these two two little girls and they every time they'd come to youth group and we were just meeting in a house because we didn't have a building and every time they would come they would want me to pray for them because they'd want to get slain in the spirit again because the first time that it happened it was so amazing and it was kind of like a ride at Cedar Point. Every time at the end of the youth service, Pastor John, would you pray for us? Sure. And I'd pray for them. And you know, I'd, I, I, you know I'd, I really don't think that, that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for our enjoyment. I believe they're for our employment. And that's a word from the Lord. The gifts aren't for your enjoyment. Um, in fact, uh, you're going to find that oftentimes it is going to be very uncomfortable and there's going to be some discomfort with you stepping out and being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're always in it, you know, what's in it for us? You know, God, what's in it for me? And I hear the Lord say that there's nothing in it for you but everything in it for me. And so go, you know, go. Lay hands on the sick so that they would recover. Go and prophesy in the name of the Lord. It's, it's not about your enjoyment, church. And I believe the church has had its fun long enough. And we're in a day and an age when we need to step out of our comfort zones and be used by the comforter so that God can touch people, so that God can minister to people. I love what Paul would say when he was desiring to come to the churches. I'm hoping that I can come to you so that I may impart 
some spiritual gift. Is that your desire? Then contact people today. Don't wait any longer. Man, this is the Lord's day. You know, contact people today. Impart some spiritual gift. You've been on my heart. And maybe all you know is that right now in this moment, they're on your heart, and as you're talking to them, the gift of the Holy Spirit will come. I promise you this, that if you have a desire to minister to people, God will minister through you. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. Many times, based on past experience, we feel that if God touched us that way, he must desire to use us that way. And I'll just make one more statement on this. Um, Just as it is proper and healthy in a home for there to be certain rooms for certain things, for instance, the bedroom is reserved for intimacy. I don't believe that we should be bringing our bedroom out in public. I don't believe that we need to display the depths of our intimacy with God out in public for all to see. This is a weird example, but it's coming in my head, and so I'm going to use it. I remember years ago when uh, Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton were dating. And they were trying to interview him. And she was kissing all over him while they were interviewing him. And it seemed so awkward. And the first thought that came to my mind was, they are not going to last very long. I am seeing the depth of their relationship right now. And many, many times, I'll see Christians that have this great big outward display of of intimacy and I wonder man I hope that's not all there is to their relationship with Jesus Christ I don't know if we need to display our love for him I believe God displays our love for us he did it by sending Jesus when Jesus ascended he gave us the Holy Spirit I don't think we need to display. I don't think we need to, dis- to demonstrate. I think we need to simply be worshipers, lovers of God. I don't think we need to air our full bedroom out in public spiritually for everyone to see because there are just aspects of intimacy that should never leave a private chamber. Amen? I mean, isn't that what the Song of Solomon tells us? Come away with me. He brought me into the king's chamber. I believe God wants those moments all alone with you. I mean, why would we do that? So that people could walk up to us and say, well, you really, really love God. I can see that. I mean, we should know whether we love God or not. We should know whether we love God or not. And those intimate moments should be spent all alone with the Lord. And I'm not saying that there aren't moments in his presence where we just drop and we just, we just, we, I, I totally, I totally get it. But it doesn't always necessarily have to be displayed. Your, your, your bedroom doesn't always have to come out in public. Amen. I hope you're hearing my, my heart this morning. There are people out there that need to be reached with a genuine, authentic gift of the Holy Spirit in operation and they shouldn't have to cut through all of our intimacy and all of the spiritual calisthenics that we got to go through to warm up so that we can be used by God. 
if you think about it, even in sporting contests, practice isn't done under the lights. The games are. And I don't think everybody always needs to see the blood, sweat, and tears that take place privately. Your father who sees what's done in private will reward you openly. Leave that up to God. Leave the rewards up to God. You honestly don't want the accolades of men. I've been told to receive criticism and praise both the same. You really don't want the praises of men. You want to be used by God. And if you're thanked for it, just be gracious and say, you're welcome. You know, it's been an honor to be used by by the Lord. But I believe right now, church, we need to be used by God more than ever. More than ever. God can touch any way he so desires. He is God. But if we're going to be vessels that he uses, we've got to remove the attention from us to him. I believe that's what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are all about. Removing the attention from us to him. Do it in such a way that the people so remember God and they forget who gave them the word in the first place. Do it in such a way that those hearts are so changed that they barely remember who we are. That's what you want. That's what you want. We must get the attention off of us and onto God. And I believe that God is not the author of this virus. But man, could God use it? Yeah. He takes, we just sang it, what was meant for evil and uses it for good. That is the God that we serve. In this moment, there is so much good that has begun to take place. And there is so much good that could even take place beyond what we've seen already. Let your light so shine before men that they glorify your Father in heaven because of it. Step out, be used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Anybody knows that a text or an email, an Instagram, a FaceTime, that there's nothing in it for you to gain? What an authentic and a genuine way to be used by God right now. Man, no lights, no grandstanding. Simple use. Simple use. And all of the preparation that needs to take place before you give that word can be done privately. Church, I believe we're all in school. We're all in the school of the Spirit right now. I believe God is educating us like never before right now. We're all in class. Session is is taking place right now. We're all in session. We're all in class with the Lord right now and with the Holy Spirit right now. And he's using us. I have felt led more than ever to be contacting people, to be encouraging people, and I'm encouraging you to do so as well. And I believe that the, the, the days um, are, are upon us now where um, you don't need to, to tell me to get a hold of somebody. You get a hold of them, and you be used. I'm not trying to hoard all the use. You, you be used by God right now. Somebody is is being placed in your heart right now and you've been stiff-arming the Holy Spirit and you've been shoving, shoving the promptings of the Holy Spirit away. You believe that your encouragement wouldn't matter. I assure you that it would. Why don't you allow the Lord to determine what would matter? And why don't you ask the Lord why these people are on your heart and you have not been able to shake them? Why don't you ask the Lord that? How hard is it? How hard is it? 
And as we step out now and in this hour, how much greater the celebration will be when we gather together again. And I believe what church services will become is what they always should have been. They'll be a recharging station. They'll be a place of equipping so that we'll go back out and do the work of the ministry again. We're learning how to do ministry again. God is reviving his church. He's calling his church back to active ministry. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Will you accept the charge? Will you receive the mission from God? Because we're all called to go out. Every one of us who names the name of Jesus. And there are people to be reached. And there are lives hanging in the balance right now. There are people feeling so claustrophobic and bound by fear. What a great opportunity for you to minister to them. And I just want to say this before we, we, we close. And just thank you all for joining. I just want to say this. Are you watching and you've never asked Jesus in your heart and all of this talk about supernatural gifts seems so bizarre and so weird to you? Or are you away from God and you once knew what it was to run in those circles and to see those things take place? And now you have a longing for home and you want to come back to the Lord. Can I pray with you? Would you pray with me? Would you repeat a very simple prayer? And the Bible says that when this prayer is prayed from a believing heart, it says that you're saved. It says that you are on your way to heaven and spending an eternity with God once we leave this earth. That's what scripture says in 1 John 5.13. It says that's why the Bible was written, so that we would know, so that we would know we're saved, so that we would know we have eternal life. You can know, and it's a lie. It's a lie for anyone to tell you that you cannot possibly know if you're going to heaven or not. Well, of course you can. Of course you can. And it's time that we stop taking spiritual advice from unspiritual people that we stop trying to receive godly advice from ungodly people. You can know. You will know. And the Bible says that the work that God will do in you is so profound, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will dwell in you. And that spirit dwelling in you, the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, will bear witness. And isn't it amazing that in John 7, 37 and 38, speaking about the Holy Spirit, it says that out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. Don't you think it's time that those rivers of living water start getting spilled out in the streets instead of being confined to the church? I sure do. Rivers of living water. For years, I saw this downtown area flooded. Water so deep that it was splashing up against buildings. You know what I believe that was now? I believe that that was the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing out of believers, rivers of living water flowing out of believers, causing a flood and a current so rich and so deep that revival is going to sweep through our cities as people begin to step out and exhort, as people begin to step out and edify, as people begin to step out and comfort one another by the operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what I believe that is. And I believe even as I'm saying it, the believers are agreeing with me. Pastor John, I hear that. I believe that. Step out then. Step out and let's increase the current, increase the flood in this area. Let rivers of living water flow out of your bellies. Amen. Amen. Let me lead you in this prayer. You want to come to the Lord. You want to invite Jesus in your heart. You didn't even know how one becomes a Christian or you want to come back to the Lord, you once knew what it was to hang 
with other believers to walk in church circles. You've seen God do things and you're coming back to the Lord now. I want to pray with you. And for those of you that are skeptical and that are watching, I want to say this. Find out. Find out. Don't criticize. Don't be critical. Find out how real God is. Find out how life-changing He can be. Find out. Anybody can sit back and be skeptical. Anybody can criticize the Matthew Staffords from their armchair. I think it's time that you find out what it's like to be in the game. I think it's time that you find out just how real and how big God is. And if you're not afraid and you want to find out, then ask the Father to forgive you right now of all your sins and invite Jesus to come in your heart, literally. Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Jesus, come into my heart and surrender your life to Jesus Christ and let him do whatever he wants to with your life and you will begin the most exciting adventure you have ever known, ever thought imaginable. Because my God does exceedingly and abundantly beyond anything we could ever ask or think. God does things that we haven't even thought about. Ephesians 3.20. And so I want to pray this prayer with you. Right now, just say, Father, forgive me for all of my sins. Say, Father, help me forgive those that have hurt me. Say, Father, help me forgive myself for all I've done. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Make it your home. My life is yours. Your resurrection life is now mine. Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. You prayed that prayer. Find a Bible. Begin reading it. Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, probably the easiest place to start. Begin praying and crying out to God. Asking him for help. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. He's a refuge to run to. The righteous run to him and are safe. And as soon as our church doors open again, be first in line. We would love to see you. Amen. Or go back to the church that you once attended with a greater fervor, a greater passion for Jesus than you've ever known. Amen. I just want to close by blessing you. Out of Numbers chapter 6, if you wondered where that priestly blessing is, it's found in Numbers chapter 6. You can speak it over your household. You can speak it over your business, your schools. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father God, now as we go, we go as a city on a hill never meant to be hidden a light that's supposed to so shine before men that they would see our good works, us operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and they glorify you, Father God, because of it. Father, use us. We ask, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. See you soon.